Okay. Podcast should have started 45 minutes ago. Oh, at, at least 45 minutes ago. I thought we were going to have a nice good day today. But when you're just looking at a screen and going, I have no fucking idea right now. I don't, um, I don't I, know what happened today. You know, I've I've had to do that on occasion, but I know what you mean. The end of the day fatigue is such that drafting an email that needs to be like uh, a cogent summary of anything is actually a lot harder than it seems. After like 5.59, you're just like, what? I know in your case you can't do this, but you know what I've started doing in some cases? I've noticed that uh, some of my coworkers that have to write more emails than I do on related topics are just better and faster at drafting emails. Mm. And if possible, I think this is not necessarily the most socially gracious thing to do, but it does work. I simply delegate to them. I mean, I usually, give them yeah. a verbal gist and I'm like, now make that a paragraph. Usually like, you know, it's rock, paper, scissors, but there was something that happened today. So I like had to like, you know, jump on the sword and be like, all right, I'll... I'll spin shit into gold. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. This is a tough week, man. As we just researched, it's a full moon in two days, so that <sighs> explains a lot. There's I think the tides of... are changing. Yeah, behaviors are weird. Someone walked yeah. into me with his elbow out, and I was like, okay, there's plenty of room on the sidewalk. Hmm. We're going to just go around. And he just walked into me. I was like, watch where we're fucking going. Tonight, this happened? At 10.30 in the morning. Oh, Jesus Christ. And wow. I'm like... And I'm walking with it's too my early boss. to be drinking, sir. Yeah, and I was like, I like, <laughs> like I want to be like, what the fuck was that? But like, am I gonna like get into a fight on Mercer Street? Like, no, in broad daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With crazy people out and about, like, there's people walking around with socks on on the train, and I'm like, okay, I gotta go. Oh man, who knows? Who knows? It's crazy out there. Yeah, I, I've had a, I've had kind of a weird week. You've had a weird week. On balance, it's honestly, it's been fine. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, I don't know. I got really, I got really thrown off my my whole business on Monday yeah. in, a, in a bad way. I started the day off by uh, finding that our fridge had been left open all night again. This, this is the second time this has happened in so many months. Um, Can I get some magnets or something? I think yes. Obviously, the fridge is to blame. But oh, uh, is it not sealing or something? Yeah no. the 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 seal around it is just old and dirty. It's just an old fridge. But I read some tips and tricks and i implemented them and i think that will mostly solve the problem you shim it and make it like kind of yeah i yeah. shimmed it so it's leaning backwards and then there's now a policy of no heavy things in the door and it, oh, do- yeah. it does seem to be working um but that was a bummer because mm. we have a Again, house guest yeah. coming tomorrow that we were like cooking dinner for so oh. this is the second time in so many weeks that we've had a fridge full of groceries less than 24 hours old just be defeated that we had to sort through now in this case, it wasn't so bad because the fridge was only cracked open. The last time, the door was wide open. Everything was ruined, basically. This time, it was all pretty much salvageable, including the meat. Yeah. We're not going to use that for the guest, hmm. but we popped it in the freezer. It was still cold to the touch. I was oh, like, let's just fine, freeze yeah. this for a week, and then we'll use it. Everything else seems okay. Some of the greens are getting gooey, but what yeah, are you going to do? So that happened, and I was like, okay. Do you have a salad spinner? No, I don't. Why? Why would I have that? 
because you can if they're a little damp, you just run them through that spinner, get that extra moisture out. No, you know, Ron gave me a tip a long time ago, and I use it to great effect. You just throw a paper towel in the bag. Yeah. You just do that from the jump, yeah. and it basically solves things, but especially if it's getting a little wet. Hot yeah. tip for the listeners. Throw a paper towel in the I've bag. I've been doing that for a while. It helps. Um, so that happened, and I was like, fuck, that's just not... That's not, not a, fun. I wasn't yeah. like even upset about it. I was just like, okay, that's just not the best way to start. Start a week, yeah. And then I get to work, and I spill coffee all over my brand new computer there. Oh, like shit. so much coffee that now I have sticky keyboard. Ooh. It didn't end Time up destroying the computer. Yeah. I can't buy a new keyboard. It's a MacBook Air, so it's oh, just fuck. all one piece. And now I have sticky keys forever. But that's very unlike me. That's weird for you. I'm not yeah. a coffee spiller. And it was in the middle of a meeting, so oh. it was very public. So you bobbled it? I was sitting in my chair, and the coffee was behind me on the desk, and I rotated to send an email and just went elbow over it. And it spilled so fast yeah. that the entire cup was over the computer. And I had to God. hold it up and like let it drip Drain. all over the floor. All I had near me to clean it up was Kleenex. It was just, just a, bad. Yeah. a disaster bad zone. Yeah. And this was on a day where I was boss man, too. So it was just like I was trying to be authoritative. And then you look like an idiot. And, of yeah. course, you know, no one pays attention for the rest of the day. And then, as you know, around <laughs> – we're supposed to record the podcast Monday, by the way, guys. Mm-hmm. Sorry. This is probably late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right before I'm supposed to leave work, uh, disaster strikes. I, I get this. This was the weirdest. I'm gonna. I'm trying to describe this and still black box it, but this was the weirdest like order of information. Mm. So, another coworker of mine who was not involved in the accident, but is one of the people that has to clean it up mm. along with myself. He comes up to me and he says, "Hey, can we take such and such a painting uh, out of its frame right now?" And I'm like, "Sir." It's 459. Yeah. Why would we do that right now? And he's like on the phone with somebody else, but I can't really tell what's going on. And he's like, you know, is it possible? And I'm like, mm, no, like we'll do it first thing in the morning. It's definitely not possible. And then I hear the person on the phone kind of like raise their voice. And I raise an eyebrow like, you know, what's going on? Kind yeah. of gesture to him. And he pulls me aside. He didn't want to tell me at the time because I was in front of the two people responsible. Mm-hmm. So he pulls me aside and explains the situation, which is my coworkers have drilled through the front of a frame uh, four times. I don't know if listeners are familiar with Oz clips. They're a certain piece of hardware you put on the back of ha- paintings to hang them in T-frames. Uh, normally, you would connect that to a thick enough piece of wood or the back of a stretch of a painting where they wouldn't be visible. Yeah. These guys didn't pay attention at all, and not only did they not pay attention one time and stick screws through frames, they just did it four times in a row somehow without ever catching this mistake. So it's a true disaster. This painting is slated to go to an art fair in two days. It's a problem. And now I have to clean up the mess, and I've made it worse by basically declining to uh, the boss of another department. Well, because you didn't know. Because I didn't know. No, yeah. I was like, what? No. So, yeah, long story short, we have to to clean up this mess, and I was at work till 7.30. Yeah. And, you know, it's fine now. Oh, that would have been fine. I would have avoided a $90 bar tab by myself. No, here's the problem. I have other things to do. Like, I I had to move my car that night, for example. And in my neighborhood, that's a fucking problem. That's a process. By by the time I get home, that was an issue. I need to eat dinner. It's like, yeah, I could have just, like, come straight here, I guess. But (laughs) it doesn't work like that anymore. (laughs) So, it just... That was a... that, That day was just... Out of Disaster. control, yeah. like, just a cascading effect of, like, minor to major things. I don't know. On Yom Kippur of all days. Well, I know, and that's why nobody was at my fucking job, because everybody that has kids takes it off. Oh, because yeah. schools get it off, and regular people don't, so yeah. all the single people end up doing everything, mm-hmm. which means, you know, 
out of 10 single people, I'm probably the smartest one at any given time. You, you know what I mean? You yeah. actually have to imagine that for a second. You have parents and then you have fuck ups. And yeah. I'm on the top of the fuck up pyramid. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them, I mean, yeah, I can't trust yes. them with yeah. anything. Yeah. It's psychotic. And, you know, the, oh, the, uh, the icing on the cake of this story, I'm almost done here, is that what made this so much more confusing was that the two guys responsible, they didn't tell anybody. Oh. They only told this other, this other person, the coworker that helped me fix it, who's in another department, because he witnessed them do it on the last Oz clip. If they hadn't, they, they would have packed this painting and sent it to an art fair like that without saying anything oh. to a Because they didn't tell me, who I was the boss that day. They didn't tell the lead people of other teams. They just told, there's just some guy caught him in the act and they were like, oh, ooh, ooh, how do we do that? So I didn't, the reason I didn't know is it was never reported to me. So I had to call my boss and tell him what had happened and tell him that I didn't have any additional information, boop, because. I wasn't told about this. And then this this was this made me feel good. While while I'm attempting to fix this problem after hours, there's a uh angry in tone message sent to our group text, which like twenty people can see Ooh. that says, Whoever knows the most about X painting needs to call me right now. Ooh, we love it. <laughs> Ooh, we love it. And I was like, Yes, this is You'll great. love to see it. And I don't know what happened, but I'm I'm almost positive that the person responsible showed up a little drunk to work the next day so i was like you had a bad night i'm sympathetic to the drinking not really to your fuck up i don't make mistakes like that that's a big mistake (laughs) it was a huge 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 and imminent problem because of and it was on let's just say an elderly person's work Mm -hmm. who may or may not have a show currently it was on a dead person's work there's no more stock of this work you know you understand he dead yeah Oh. Huh. I don't think it's who you're thinking. Oh, but okay. it, but right. it's a dead it's a dead person a dead, who doesn't yeah. get to make any more work. Yeah. Luckily it was only the frame. With the oh, lack God. of attention they were paying, I wouldn't have been surprised if they put one through the canvas, but Jesus Christ, man. I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, my my week's been been an You've odd one, an yeah. odd bird in in this way. Yeah, I don't know. Things, People have been acting all sorts of crazy. Like I don't I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things where I'm like, I don't know what the vibe is, but the vibe's bad. The vibes mm-hmm. are bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it because it's now, like, fall officially? Like, and people are like, Ugh. Like, the moon's acting weird. It's a different season. It's getting darker earlier. Like, people are like, time to wild out. Uh-huh. Like, I walked by a guy who was fully, like, in a K-hole at 8 p.m. outside of Bowery Ballroom today. And I'm like, I'm like, why are all these people standing outside? And this dude just has, like, the biggest pupils known to man. And, like, girlfriend's like, oh, my God, baby, stay with me. <laughs> and while his other bro friends are just, like, also, like, geeked out of their mind, just like, I don't know. You're moments away from that uncut gem scene where uh, Adam Sandler and Julia Fox get in a huge public fight outside the club because she kissed the weekend. Uh, no. Yeah. no this, <laughs> this was a little more subdued. This, this than dude that. was not, like, he wasn't there. That was a cocaine scene. This is a, this is a downers. This is a downers scene. moment. Yeah. yeah. Or something. I was like, it's a Wednesday. Goddamn. Like, did I get too turned on a Monday? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but I did too. Service industry night. Mm. I guess technically Sunday night. But, you know, like, I was like, the city was so dead that I was like, this is weird. It's creepy. It was so creepy. So I was like, I love it. I'm wandering. Mm. The world is mine. I went to the Grey Lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. Usually packed with 20 somethings going, oh my God. 
and it was empty. Isn't that a nice feeling? Oh, it's great. We, uh, Re and I went to a bar with Ron when he was in town for Labor Day, and of course that's like last summer weekend, so there's yeah. nobody around. And there's a there's a really neat bar near where we live called Old Stanley's. Mm. You know, it's just like a it's just like a, a simulacra yeah. dive, but it's yeah. a pretty standard bar. But it's nice in there because they have a giant U shaped bar. The space is very open, and the bar is a U shape. So when it's calm in there, it's a nice place it's to drink. Vibe, you can yeah. kind of see the whole place. I don't know. It's yeah. just nice in there, but it's always fucking packed with twenty year olds. Yeah. I've been there like one other time and it was not that enjoyable because it's just 20 year olds. Yeah. But we went there on Labor Day and, you know, just no one in there. Great. Free popcorn. Yeah. Just hung out with Ron. Talked to the bartender. Our tab was like less than $50 for three people. An impossible feat. Yeah, I think they're just like, oh, someone's here. Someone's here. You'll it tip might, me yeah, instead. Who exact, gives a shit? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that's nice. When I mean, things that, are mysteriously empty, it's great. We go to Macri Park when there's no one in the bar because mm. it's fun. Mm-hmm. Christian bartends, my tab is magically $30, even though it's doubles on doubles on doubles. Wow, a gay man named Grisham? Is he in a barber shop quartet? Christian. Oh, Oh. Grisham would be better. No. You should tell him I said that. I don't think he'll care. If I ever meet him, I'll say, your name is Grisham. He'll be like, you have been so drunk in front of me. (laughs) And I don't care. You've left your credit card here more times than I can count. Never. No. Oh, wow. No, he always takes it. I'm like, can we pay? I'm drunk. We've got to (laughs) go. He's like, okay, whatever. He's like, I'm like, how much? He's like, I don't know, 30 bucks. I'm like, all right, sick. Oh, man. Did you have, like, special plans last night? What? We couldn't cast last night on your on your request. And I was wondering why. You never exactly told me. I had a meeting this morning. Oh, that's a good reason. And, yeah, there was other things. Yeah, to like, add to the just the weirdness of my week, I was supposed to go install something last night. A little. I'm getting signed up for a lot of overtime projects. Did I tell you about the traveling no, I can't talk about all this stuff on the main I episode, but yeah. It, but anyways, yeah, I'm getting like because I'm the only competent person, as illustrated by previous story, I get, I'm getting signed up now for a lot of things. But anyway, it didn't end up happening, but I was supposed to, you know, go do a super secret install for a super private client mm-hmm. yesterday. I don't know. Maybe Cancel. It, or it's no? not even that interesting. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it. It's it's a boring problem that has been going on for months. That, mm-hmm. that is typical of rich people, where someone tells them, "This is what you need to do if you want this," and they're like, "No, just do it." And you're like, "But but it no. will fall." Yeah. And they're like, uh, "Okay, maybe we shouldn't." And th- it's gone back and forth like this maybe five or six times. And so it's, you know, uh, it was about to happen. We were like, "Fine, we'll do it anyway." Your call. And then they were like, "Actually, maybe not." So, who knows? Someone had a call with their insurance adjuster? I think so, because it's a Jeff Koons, just to be straight up about it. Oh, no, It's not a thing of low value, and there's a reason only certain people can install it on stuff. So, like, they're not... This person's being very cavalier about something that probably costs $25 million. I don't know. Anyways. so I've already said too much. That's too much to say. It's fine. Oh, God. I... Yeah, I... I'm running into the idea that, like... The more that you think people have things under control, the less they actually do. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm just so tired. Well, that's an existential problem that's like as old as ancient Egypt, you know? Everyone yeah. everyone likes the shadowy people, like, making choices. But the, the, the dirty secret is there's nobody... Nobody knows what's going on ever. And when that kind of energy breaks through into the world because it's a full moon or whatever, and it's very apparent yeah. that we're just the cards running, are on, the table we're just running like, on chaos here, yeah. it's scarier. I don't like it. 
I'm it's like, better when there's like a when there's a Chinese balloon that a jet shoots down. You're I like, I like, can track that, right? Yeah, I also like the f- like faking it because I'm like, well, this is some bullshit, and you can call it what it is. But when you're like, no, it's not even that. No. It was just bad. The energy is very sinister. It's not sinister. That in, that requires intent. Uh, I guess so. That implies agency. Like, what's what's a synonym? Or, um, you know, a similar word that. Uh, a little less uh, reliant on intent. It's in... Mm, in something. Insidious. No, because again, eh. intent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like disingenuous. Like, oh yeah, I, you think that there's like, you know, machinations and you're like, no, it's just fully, I don't give a fuck. No, it's worse. Yeah, it's worse than that. <laughs> there's it's, nothing under there's the nothing underneath and you're like oh man come on like at least be like an evil villain or some bullshit like it's like no you don't have bane you have marion cotillard mm, oh the, right 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 okay dark knight rises yes yeah. yes yes sorry that's true that's, that's what it I took me a minute for. to put yeah. those pieces together it shouldn't have but it did yeah. so yeah no i get what you're saying you know along these lines sort of i was you know what a catabasis is I know where Calabasas is. Not Calabasas, Catabasas. No. So this is a term that I had no idea there was a specific name for this, but it's ab- about a mortal journeying to the underworld. Hmm. So through a series of Wikipedia chains today, I ended up reading about Orpheus. Uh-huh. And this is the whole story of Orpheus is that, you know, he's a mortal that went into the underworld in search of his dead wife or whatever. Yeah. But apparently there's that word catabasis because there is that is a thing across all world religions. Hmm. Like every uh, almost every like folk culture has some sort of this. version yeah. Yeah, of yeah. this. And it's coming to mind right now because sometimes I feel like the energy of Hades, sometimes I feel like. The the underworld energy is like creeping to it the get, surface. Yeah, it creeps up. And the part that makes me feel that way is in the Orpheus story. Um, he only goes down like one layer into the underworld, and it's you know kind of like divine comedy style. In most world religions, it's represented as like a series of levels. Right. So he only went down like one level away from the mortal coil to yeah. find his dead wife. And so it's not even clear because of translation issues whether or not they meant he literally went like subsurface of the terrestrial world and encountered some spirits that were like floating up yeah. or whether he was at the highest layer of right. the actual underworld. Nobody that's not clear in Greek mythology. And I, I think that's related because sometimes the Hades energy, it's like, the world feels that way. It's a little unclear whether we've descended a layer yeah. or whether we're just on the highest layer of the shitty peak. Not to bring you it know? back to like, <laughs> you know, Tears of the Kingdom, but like you have these chasms where gloom em- emerges. Yes, yes. And you're like, oh, it's really deep. But then you go up to the top and you're like, oh, it's just the surface right there. Yeah. But like it's a leak of badness. Like it's a leak of like, again, not necessarily like. It's not malicious, but it's just a leak of, like, bad vibes, man. Yeah, it's like one of those under-ocean, like, vents where, like, the the life forms that can live without light are. 
And, you know, it's just the secreting, thermal, like, like caves, sulfuric yeah. acid, uh-huh. yet things still live there. They're, they're thriving. They're loving it. But sometimes those bubbles make it all the way up to the surface, and they might capsize your boat yeah, I, on a Monday morning when the fridge is open or whatever, you know? It, it, it happens. And then, and then when it seems like it's, like, civilization-wide, or in our case, maybe just city-wide, I can't speak to civilization, but I do think New York is its, like, own organism if, if you zoom out a power of ten. Well, because it, it's psychic energy we've yeah. talked about this before like it's you know you have this many people there's psychic energy flying all around yeah you know like and when you're just like what the fuck is going on here on this day most of the time you're just like i'm fine but everything else is just wild yeah and when the energy gets like that like i had this experience tonight walking around the subway platform i i had a i had a bad subway journey back too because i accidentally got on the wrong train and all I needed to do to rectify that problem was get off at one stop and go back uptown one stop. Yeah. And that one stop process took like 35 minutes yeah. and I was fuming because of exactly the same train line. But anyway, I got off and I was on this crowded platform because, of course, it's packed with a lot of people trying to do a similar thing. And sometimes I just have these moments where I, oh, it's very cliche, but I almost feel like I'm living in a dream where you're like just trying to bob through a crowd as fast as possible. And like every flash of a person you kind of see out of the corner of your eye is very much like a caricature, like in a funhouse mirror. Uh-huh. I'm walking in like I get a flash of like a little migrant child trying to sell me candy. And then there's like a homeless guy like trying to smoke a butt or whatever. And then there's like a business guy who's like looking at me angry because I have my sunglasses on down there or whatever. Yeah. You just start to pick up all these energies and these people are like real caricatures and it does start to feel like a cartoon a little bit where i can almost feel my mind like slipping where i'm like if if i was in a worse headspace amongst this energy Ooh, i get bad, why yeah. people lose it in yeah. public yeah and just start crying or just start freaking out or just start talking to themselves i was i think tonight and it's not even because I'm in a bad place overall. It was yeah. just the culmination of the energy. If I didn't have my sunglasses on, I think I would have lost it a little bit. I mean... In some way. Yeah. I mean, at 7.15 or 7.30, it was three people who were just, like, screaming about the, the day of, like, every outside force just going, like, what the fuck was this? And we're just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then I'm like, I don't have it in me. Like this, you know, like you're just like, you're saying, you're saying, I'm saying, but the crazy's all around and you feel like, what the fuck? Yeah. Everybody feels like mutually wild eyed or something. Well, yeah. You just see the thing of like, what the fuck just happened to me? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Uh, the vibes are real. Well, and know. you know, you, you have this, it, it's this real uh, anxiety producing issue because you have a chicken and an egg problem where you're like, I can't tell if this is just me and I'm just projecting a lot of feelings on a lot of other people, which is entirely possible. Yeah. Or if like psychic energy is a real phenomenon and we're all picking up on it together. Like you have no way of confirming any of that. You, you, you kind of have to. You kind of have to trick yourself into thinking like, no, I'm rational. This is fine. We're all fine. And I don't know if there's a real difference between just pretending to be fine and actually being fine. Uh, I hmm. I think well-adjusted people. That took people, a turn, yeah. I, I think yeah. well-adjusted people, there is no distinction between what they pretend and like who they actually are in any right. given moment. Because it's the only way <laughs> to cope. Yeah, well, I also think like... You know, being Delulu about it. Delillo or Delulu? Delulu. Who's that? 
delusional. Oh, Delulu. sure. You know, like if you're just like, no, this is just fine. It just is the way it is. I'm like, call a spade a spade. Like, come on, like put on those John Carpenter glasses and be like, you know, what, what the fuck is going on here on this day? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and actually like be like, okay, we're all going to pivot. <laughs> I'm going to pivot psychologically to make sure that I don't lose my shit and succumb to the emanating forces of evil or whatever the fuck. Right. Like, got to keep the darkness at bay. Like, let me get my cross out and some garlic and some bullshit. You yeah. know, like, I, I think it does help to be like, I'm a rational person. This shit's crazy. Right. Like, I'm not alone. Like, you have to see, like, I don't know. It's very easy to just, like, let everything affect you. Oh, like, for that's sure. why when you're like, I don't know if there's, like, this energy. It's like, there is. There 100% is. You know, full moon. Baby's born. Crazy people get crazy. A lot of people die. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's happened for eons. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose. I suppose there's enough collective evidence that even though you can't substantiate it in like a scientific way, there's enough anecdotes to like support a belief in this type of thing. Like I I remember, I think I talked about it on here a month or so ago, Will of the Wisp. Huh? A Will of the Wisp. Are you familiar with this? No. I think I'm repeating myself. Maybe it was an after show. I don't know. But this is a phenomenon where uh, like... uh, on in swampy conditions at night people will see uh what they perceive to be like a blue flame or something like this blue or green flame like sort of hovering usually over a body of water hmm. and again this is a thing that crops up the japanese have a name for it the welsh have a name for it but in english it's the will of the wisp and uh this phenomenon has never been like scientifically determined. There's a lot of like hypothesis about what it could possibly be, um, gases seeping to the surface right, yeah. and spontaneously igniting, like you know, very particular conditions. It's rare, but it's common enough that people accept that this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yet it's never been photographed. Hmm. Yet it's never been proven to exist exactly. It's never been replicated in a lab, but we know it's real. Hmm. And I, I think I that that concept of things like that is yeah. fascinating because similar to, like, you know, the reason that a painting is interesting, right, is that it's one of a kind. Like, you, you know, things things that are not replicatable. And but I think what you're, you're describing close, closer is the thing that you can describe but not fully. Yeah, but like you can describe it fully. You can describe it fully enough that other people can absolutely relate to it. It is certainly not a delusion. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting to me. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that it's interesting to me that something like a will of the wisp, because it takes a form that people see, is like more accepted than something that is a psychic phenomenon which people experience but can't visualize, so they take it less seriously automatically. If it doesn't have a form, we count it as not being real. If it this does is take truly a form, when attitudes become form. <laughs> What's that a reference to? I'm sorry. The Harold Zaman show in the oh. 60s, conceptual art. Don't know it. Yeah, well, hmm. it's an icon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where, no, know where to go with that. Mm. This is, I didn't expect to have a, oh, like a woo episode, but here we go. It's, ho- <sighs> it's almost Halloween time. We're doing an early... Someone tried to put on like some spooky music the other day, and I was like, "Shut it off too soon." What they put on like the Monster Mash? Yes. Are you serious? Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. I was like, calm it down. Nobody likes the Monster Mash. No. No matter what. I mean... You can get into it maybe for a second if you've had like 14 beers the Saturday of Halloween, but... Yeah, when you're doing jello shots on Halloween <laughs> at Spooky Bear or whatever the fuck, sure, why not? But... Hmm. Well, it's inelegant now, but you know, you just mentioned like some obscure conceptual art show. Did you happen to see in... I have a few art things to talk about, actually. Uh, did you see in the New York Times style section, they did a uh, top 15 most important shows in New York? No. It was framed like top 15 shows in New York that like changed the landscape of the art scene or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, It was an interesting read and an interesting list because the first like 10 of them, I was like, okay, this actually isn't bad. You went like weirdly canonical with very few like token examples. I don't know. I don't think it was authored. I think it might have been a collective effort. Oh, and then everyone just had like byline at the bottom. Of, like, Something the like thought. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was in order. Hmm. And uh, number one was Jackson Pollock's show at Art of This Century in 1943. You know, I think number two or three was Jasper Johns at Leo Costelli. Like, yeah, the, Donald the, Judd was the one of them. heavy hitters, yeah. They, but they, I was very surprised that they went as canon as they did. But here's the hook. Here's the catch. First 10, you're like, okay, you get up to about the year 2000 and you're like, this makes was complete yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. And then you start to get post year 2000. The last one that I that I think is like um a good honorable mention that was around number 10 somewhere is David Hammond's show after 9/11 that was just a dark gallery and he handed people like blue flashlights and didn't hmm. I forget what the title of the work was like Symphony in Black and Blue or something. It was like named after a jazz album, but the idea was people thought they were going to like see art in the dark, but you only encounter other people. I was like, that's kind of cool, interesting. I'd heard about that show in books before. I'd never yeah. read a ton about it. I was like, okay, cool. Marina Abramovic was on there right around that time. That show she did at Sean Kelly. I was like, this the makes sense. Ladder? Yes. This makes sense only because, you know, it was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. It ended up on Sex in the City. Yeah. Marina Abramovic is a borderline celebrity. But here's where it starts to fall apart. Is like right after that, they they start doing like shows by artists literally no one has ever heard of at galleries no one has ever heard of like uh, chase dreams or whatever the fuck yeah yes yes yeah chase do we call him chase ford sure whatever I, I his name fuck. is Ch- chase dreams jesus christ chase dreams is like a sneaker designer who spent a little time in prison it's a character from the other two that's basically a justin bieber uh, and, and now you know now somehow lives in silver lake yeah and has a has a career ad- adjacent to like I don't know the Joe Rogan universe. I mean, that's basically Daniel Arsham. So does like, tattoos yeah. and sells graffiti art. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Alec Monopoly, David Arsham. You know, yeah, fuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. People, people with people with names that sound like board games. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is where it starts to fall apart. Like based on the list before, you know what I'm expecting to read. Granted, you know I'm biased myself, but I'm like Robert Gober. The heart is not a metaphor. Has got to be on here. It wasn't. Because it, I guess it's limited to gallery shows. So, I mean, his best gallery show is in L.A. And yeah. It's also at a museum. I, I, so I'm already I'm already contradicting myself a lot here. But, yeah, you know, I'm expecting things with this kind of yeah. tone and seriousness because up until then it's been that. But then it's not. It's it's just like it's I'm like, no one knows who these people are. Some of these galleries I've never even heard of. I was like, wait, what? And then the last I one. I need an example. Give me a. a f- I, I can't remember the names I didn't 
oh. didn't resonate with because they were so incongruous to like I'd never heard of them. Oh. If it was like I, I don't know, I'm trying to just pull something. Like if it was like uh, Alfredo Yar and I didn't see the show, I'd be like, okay, I didn't see the show, and it's just some guy, yeah. you know, that makes like institutional critique art that's predictably on a New York Times list. But it wasn't that. It's Remember like that one giant uh, show at Matthew Marks that like took forever to install. Yeah, they had, like, Magritte's and stuff in it yeah. and all those little walls. And so that was a cool show, yeah. What the fuck was that? I forgot. I forget, too, which huh. which probably means it wasn't as good as it yeah. seemed at the time. Um, One of the ones that was on there that I do remember that was, to me, just mm, debatably acceptable but s- stupid was the Philip Gustin show at Hauser & Worth. They were like, this, they were like this ignited a whole outrage because... Uh, he was going to have a museum survey, and then people took it away from him, and then people said, no, don't cancel Philip Gustin. And then He's dead. Him. Who cares? And, and I, was just, I was just like, wait. So for a while— It didn't ignite anything. It was just like, hey, it didn't make it into the museum, so here's a show. Yeah, yeah. Here's some stuff from that, and you're like, okay, whatever. Like the idea that you would pick anything at Hauser & Worth, which is just like a Louis Vuitton storefront for objects that cost $10 million, is kind of insane to me. You know, nothing from Gagosian was on there, for example. And I think for good reason. It's like, yes, sometimes they have really good shows there. They even used to do that shows with that, that curator man that were not bad. Remember oh, when they Elder had Field, like a, yeah. a bunch of Picassos yeah. and all this shit? It's like, yeah, sure, but everybody knows it's like a gimmick. So you don't pick yeah. that. It's a PR move to yeah, give yeah. credibility yeah. to a poster salesman. It just makes the me think like, people? yeah, who at Hauser & Worth was like, we need to be on this list. We haven't been on this list yet. Let's can we pay someone? The New York Times style section was like sending this oh, to all the galleries. But also, if it's in the style section, who gives a shit? That's not. Yeah, I guess they don't really care. Did you see? Uh, Catherine Bernhardt has a Memphis home. No, her house is like filled with Memphis. Which furniture. one's Bernhardt? Uh, cartoons of Bart Simpson or little twee paintings of like divers and shit? No, that's the other one. That's the lesbian. Okay, they're not both lesbians. No. Interesting. Who who would have thunk? Anyway, anyway. yeah, no, it, but it, it's like a cool house. But she sounds she sounds like such an asshole throughout it. She because her voice is grating. She's like, "Hi, welcome to my welcome to my home," and you're like, "Girl, what the fuck?" Like, I don't know. Like, it's rough. Um, but like, also like that's what you're spending your money on. You know, That's as you go over Canada's this, I, th- money? I think I did hear about this. Does she actually live in it, or yeah. is it like a thing for display? No, she lives in it. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, the thing is, that stuff's not that valuable. Like, it's valuable for a poor like you or I, but at the end of the day, it is just Ikea furniture with brighter colors, like in terms of its She's construction. She's got all the rare shit. She's <sighs> got the... But, like, it's not livable. It's museum pieces that you, you know, live with, and I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't know. There's this whole phenomenon of uh, young and middle-aged and now old artists that dress and live like their work. You you must be familiar with this. I see it on Instagram all the time. I mean, it's I guess it's good branding for them. It's you know it stays on message. But there's so many people out there that dress like the things that they make, or that live in spaces that resemble the aesthetic of the thing that they make. And and to me, I've always hated this. Because I think that in the in the past, I don't want to get nostalgic. Actually, cancel. 
I'm I'm going to go a different okay. direction with this. It's not about things in the past. The reason the reason that I hate it, then the reason that I think it's interesting to just be kind of a regular person in terms of your aesthetics at home and in terms of your attire is that being a regular person with some accessibility to you to a community beyond a bunch of eccentrics that understand what Memphis is is actually broadening to your horizons and probably makes you a better artist overall. I wouldn't say that's a thing like worth preserving too intentionally, but I think putting like too much time and effort uh, into a matchy matchy aesthetic both undermines the credibility of your own work because what it says is that a pattern on a couch and my paintings are basically equivalent to me in value and on the other hand it alienates you from people who might otherwise approach you because you look like a fucking dildo while you're walking around and i think it's useful to have like a variety of people to talk to and like be able to talk to by being kind of an everyday person also like Having a sensibility and living within a sensibility are very strange things or strange, like forces, like the latter is strange to me, right? Like having your taste and your artistic production be the same thing is bad. Yes, I agree. That's important. I should not have skipped over that. You know, that's the fundamental gripe at the end of the day. That means you have no distinction. No, exactly. You have no categories of goodness because you only have one. And all of that like is within a very narrow field. That's the that's the thing. The myopia. That's the overarching uh, thing that hits me in the gut right away is just like you like one thing and it's tie dye ish colors with straight lines or you like one thing, and it's the aesthetics of athleisure wear. Like if you're Terrence whatever. Co. and you're like, I don't have furniture, everything's white. Yeah. <laughs> and my art is white. And you're like, okay, so you're performance, but you're also psychotic. Or you're not psychotic, you're just a dilettante. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get it. Be a dictator in your own life, but like, whatever. Like, that's that's not aspirational. No one wants that. I wouldn't want that. It also just doesn't demonstrate a broad range. It says that you're you're over committed to a single thing. Yeah, uh, it, that's never interesting. Like that means I know on approach. If you dress the way that your paintings look, I know right away when I approach you that you're going to have nothing to talk about but exactly whatever that sentiment is, is. Yeah. and that sucks. I would really like to be surprised. Oh, do you have another hobby? Oh, my hobby is uh, doing natural dyed sweaters because my paintings involve and you're just going to get like thrown into an elevator speech so you can sell something else sell more paintings on your instagram stories or whatever it's like not very interesting like it'd be one thing if you're like let's just use this because it's easy say you're austin lee sure and somehow we find out he really loves like chesterfield couches do you know what those are uh, I have a vague idea. Those like leather with the tufted buttons and like sure yeah, heavy, yeah. Yeah, 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 ugly like man furniture, like mm-hmm. you know, typically like masculine English, like whatever, because it's American. But like, if uh, all of a sudden he's like, I collect Chesterfield furniture and American antiques, you'd be like, the fuck you, and it adds a dimension yeah. to the otherwise pretty, uh, transparent and sparse work because you're like, oh wow. There's something else feeding into this aesthetic yeah. that I didn't quite predict or understand. In, yeah. Exactly that. Yes. If his apartment looked like Richard from Friends, 
I don't know what that means. But Tom Selleck, Monica's elderly boyfriend. Uh, then we'd be talking. Watch some other TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah. see, I have disparate interests, like watching Friends in that's my not spare a good time. One. Um, doesn't you know? Doesn't that lend me a lot of credibility no. and make my mind seem expansive and no, interesting? It means that you have bad taste. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think that's the kind of thing. Like, if you have that kind of thing of like, you know, good artists collect weird shit, right? Like, you know. Stanley Whitney loves cashmere socks. And you're like, what? He's like, I'm he's borderline with that one. He's borderline because he's like, I love the color. And you're like, it's difficult. But I have to say, down. an artist from a different generation is a little bit more grandfathered in. And I think the older you are, the more I'm willing to let this slide. Yeah, I guess. The younger, the younger you are, I'm not. You should have tastes in, like... You should still be developing whatever your sensibility is, and that requires a lot of different inputs. Like, yeah. I really find it hard to believe that somebody under the age of, like, 60... Speaking about artists here, not normal people. Somebody under the age of 60 should not really have a well-defined sensibility yet, unless you're like a legitimate savant. I'm not talking about just in terms of your art. I'm talking right. about overall. Like, what do you think Dana Schutz's house looks like, right? Like, she's a good example of somebody that, like, arrived at, like, a pretty clear artistic vision pretty early on and was able to maintain a lot of integrity with that. Like, what do you think her house looks like? I don't think it looks like a Dana Schutz painting, guys. Like, no. is that that hard to, like... That that would be hard to picture. I feel like she probably like you know, loves her CB two couch and like has a lovely like dining set. She lives like a normie from Michigan, in other words. Yes. Yeah, because she is. Because she is. Like she thinks like, you know, fancy shit is nice, but ooh, I, and I, think I don't want I don't want to ruin it. Combined, you know? combined like, with being like arguably on the spectrum is probably like what you know gives her the like focus and drive to make it a really imaginative world that has nothing yeah. to do with the furniture she sits on. Yeah, you know, but she probably takes care in what she chooses. I'm sure she does, you know? especially because she's rich. Like it helps, you know. That's the other part of it that galls me. Like a someone little like bit Jamie, and who's like, listen. I'm a mess, but I do love really minimal modernist furniture from like 1962. And you're like, what? You? I think she's probably cigarette the, burns all over. But she, like, hey, she's higher on the uh, positive end of a young artist that is pretty good about doing like lifestyle and image stuff alongside her own work. Right. I'm I'm going to completely separate any judgment of quality of either of those things, right. but like I think she's got a better a way better sense of how to manipulate herself and her image and the media around what she's trying to do. Well, yeah, I think that's obvious. I don't think she would be no. as successful as she was if she didn't have that unlock. And I think part and parcel with that is that she has a, a, a wide variety of interests. You yeah. have to be you have to be a polymath and pretty smart to be able to like get to the level she's gotten to in, in terms of image crafting. But that's the thing. She's good at it. Yeah. She's an actual like craftsperson around how to use modern social media and the the art press to get what she wants. Most people that have say 11,000 followers on Instagram or something like that are very pale shadows of this. Yeah. Because there's no actual, like, again, sensibility. No distinction no. process. Which, like, you know, like, I don't want to say taste because, like, I don't think that's, you know, accurate enough at this point in what we're describing. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, like, get very, like, we'll pause for the 
alarm blaring in the background. Yeah. Um, Prayers so up run- for who's ever dying. Yeah, good luck. You're going to be in traffic, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I wonder how congestion pricing is going to affect ambulances. Anyway, I don't want to break die. your chain yeah. of thought. Um, I, th- I just think that, like, if there's... Yeah, the, you can't, like, try to... Or want to aspire to synergy between output and lived experience. I think that's just like that's too like brand culture yes. like thinking. And it's like you're not a multinational corporation. Okay? You're a person. You're supposed to be an individual, like a subject in the world. Mm-hmm. And you are behaving as though you are Kendall Jenner. Or Kylie, one of the Jenners. Which one has the lip kit? All of them. Sure. Um, you know, like, that's not what... I think that's the misstep that people do of, like, well, no, I just have to brand... I have to brand myself. And it's like, do you? Well, I think I think that you do if you want if you want to... Do you have to brand your whole persona along one channel, uh, though? Yeah, I think you know, no. Arguably, arguably, people would say you. One might say you do have to do that to get like the short term success. But like, if what we're ta- if what we're talking about here is artistry and not uh, social media influencer level, yeah, then no, then yes, you have to be able to do it more thoroughly with more longevity than that, and. That's what's interesting about it is like the the idea that the synergy you have between your lifestyle brand and your artistic brand is like some somehow in their minds a positive. Well, all that really means is that you've absorbed what Madison Avenue has wanted to you to absorb so thoroughly that you can't tell the difference between what's being sold to you and what you're trying to sell. And that will work out to your gain in terms of short term, but in terms a, of influence. Right. But those careers are very short. And you're going to be like, no one's going to respect you. It's. I don't think people even care about that anymore. Like that's one of the reasons that y- using the word sensibility, perhaps instead of like the word taste, kind of makes sense for the current moment because it's a little bit more diffuse. Like taste implies that you have like a ethical philosophy behind like what you're choosing, but I don't even think any of us rise to that level anymore. I think like somebody like Jamian's a great positive example in the sense that not in the sense that she has an ethical philosophy. I don't really think that she does, but I think that she just has a more comprehensive understanding of the dynamics involved and has a a greater ability to weaponize those things. And somehow I find myself even like envying that a little bit. I don't aspire to that, but I am like, wow, you know how to like turn the right handles on the machine to get it to do what you need to do. And if I was more critical, I would say, actually, I have, or if I was just more cynical, I would say, oh, actually, I have no respect for that. That kind of sucks. I wish we had somebody that could turn the handles and also had a a vision greater than, like, just random pastiche. Right. But we don't. We don't. That's not the word. So I'll take the pastiche. I don't know. Like, I think, like, David Sally's also another one. Like, you know, the man has great taste. That was on my list. What about did, him? Uh, there was an article about David Sally and mm. AI. Oh boy! So don't give him computer. I know that we d- literally talked about th- old man gets computer. Originally started with Dave, David Sally yeah. getting computer. Uh-huh. Well, he's gotten 
super More computer. computer now. Now oh, he's fuck. gotten a huge computer. So some AI like company, it's not stable diffusion, but it's something like that, like an image generator thing. They did this thing where they gave David Sally an AI tailored just for him. No. It's like a collaboration between him and uh, David Sally and this company. Is he hard up for cash? It's not with the goal of producing any art. What it is is they are trying to make an AI image generator that can actually make creative decisions as opposed to pastiche decisions. So this AI is given David Sally's entire catalog of paintings to work off of, and then he gives it prompts very abstract prompts like lines of poetry and stuff and then it spits out say you know a dozen images and david sally manually goes through and says okay these are the ones that are not what he would do but these are the ones that have like more artistic value meaning here's the poetry prompt you hit the literal notes in example one but in example seven it was a lot less literal and perhaps more interesting so he would pick a few of those and they're training this ai to make like artistic decisions not um just input output simplistic simplistic decisions it's kind of interesting the the new york you you should go through the new york times thing because it does that that like cool liberal cuck now jk hey you know reading the times i i I find my way to it you find your way back to the gray lady one way or another Mm. you know whether you're drinking martinis by yourself is a different question. But um. I had a great time. <laughs> but I, I thought it was interesting because it does that cool web design thing where, like, you're reading an article and then you'll scroll and it's like an interactive sort of image where the more you scroll down, it sort of illustrates. Have you aged 10 years and you're like, I love interactive media? I am now. kind of a boomer because I, mo- I mostly read blogs and Wikipedia. So when I encounter web design that's not like JavaScript, I'm like, ooh, ooh cool maybe i'll leave a comment that says i wish donald trump was in jail i would fit right in but anyway yeah he was on my he was i forget what you were what you were talking about anyways but Mm. david sally and pastiche because we were talking about jamie and well what else you got on your art art hit list oh i just wanted to say that i went and saw the charlene von heil show yeah i walked down from uh work one night to meet re at her work and the show was right there. I only had time to see one thing yeah. right at the end of the day. So I went and saw that. Um, um, my feeling was, I wish I was more excited about it. Perhaps Fair, yeah. the Manhattan art review, I shouldn't have read it first. It would inflect it on me a little bit. The, the thing that I would say in summary is how many paintings do you think were in that show? Like other than the little ones, maybe 15, 12 12 so i would say that there were four or five really good ones uh two or three middling ones and then a ton of bad ones yeah there's a lot that was my summary of the large paintings i looked at the little wall a little bit um didn't find it that fascinating but i thought there was four or five paintings that were really stunning and bold and very classic von sometimes she just has this thing where they just snap together into this thing that just holds a wall really well to use an outdated term. And you're just like, wow, just in terms of color and composition and just the forms involved, this is attractive and like a portal that I could like look at for a while. Um, And then two, the two or three that I mean were middling were just 
that beige they didn't orange one that sucked that was just the really really simple form no that for me that was one of the hot ones i liked that um I, I think there one. were I think there were a few that were experimental enough where I was like, oh, the, well, actually, it was the one that you showed me on the podcast that like stripe one. I would put that as one of the middling ones. I was like, this is not a success. That's a, that's a high middle. though. This is not a successful painting, but this is an interesting painting. Yeah, I would agree that it's a high middle. But here's the problem. There was a bunch in there that I was like, these are flimsy. These were these were shot out. These suck. These are greatest hits if, remastered. If situations. your name yeah. wasn't on this, I would hate this. And I've rarely felt that way with her. But there was some really the ones lazy with the stars on them, just with the like monochrome the kind of color scheme with the zigzag tape. I was like, these suck. Yeah, these are like Bushwick in 2011 in the worst way I've ever seen. Lazy. They were like straight up so bad. Yeah, we could have made them. I thought they were horrible. No. I think I've made better paintings than them. I'm not exaggerating. Mm. For sure I have. Like, they sucked. They were really, really bad. Um, so I don't know. I, you know, that that's my, like, real quick summary. I don't have much to say about it because I don't think Charlene Von Heil's work has content on the level of, like, being articulated. I think it can be basically just rated on whether or not it's pulled off or not. It, they're yeah. stunt paintings. Well, uh... I don't mean that in a bad way. That sounds like worse than it is, but I think that's the way to look at those things. It's kind of like bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. You know, like some of them, you're just like, ooh, the definition. Yeah, exactly. And then some you're like, ooh, a little flabby. Mm -hmm. You know. And some you're like, "Mm, better look next year. Well, to be frank, I mean, I used used the word thinness a a second ago, like... I wouldn't if it was bodybuilding. Some of those paintings were fucking Holocaust victims. I was like, you didn't even really work on this. There's some phone of friends. In There's there some are, yeah. really phoned in work in that show. Yeah, it's that's so bad, like so bad. It's yeah. unbelievable to me, especially coming from her because she's like resorting to things she's done before, but then not like carrying them through in the way that she's done before. It's like you have your own standard to meet here. You realize that, right? It's a little too. Like, I had more time, I had more money, so I could just do more. And you're like, Coco Chanel, baby, take something off. Yeah. Like, in the way that, like, the old ones were good, because it's like, it could have gone even harder. But then you, like, walk it back and then just said, I'm done. I think if Friedrich or whatever director wasn't in that studio going, oh, no, we can just sell these all. Yeah, well. That... A substantial number of those paintings would have been held back, and it would have been a show of six or seven large paintings and a bunch of small paintings. And well, yeah, he just looked at how many millions you want to print yeah, today. Yeah, it would have been better for it. She's like, I need three. Yeah, and I don't think I've seen a show like that from her before. I mean, mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. last show that I saw at Petzl was a lot bad. of really ugly, weird, bad stuff. Show. But it was weird, bad. It wasn't like lazy bad. I think she needed to make a a, a greatest hits show. You know. Which she almost did. That's kind of the tragedy of this show. It's like, they should have given you another year. Like, I think this show should have been in fall of 2024, and you should have just finished the whole thing so that you had 12 bangers. Or 15, or 14 or bangers. Or 10 bangers. Of, and, why are we doing a wall and of little And two shits experimental things. Question. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we need money for our new building? It, we need money for our new building. There was something rushed about it. There was something off about it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think it was great. But but I thought some of it was great. But you get what I'm saying, where I'm like, no one's better at doing that than her. 
No one's better at doing what though. Like Ooh. that's what I that's what I want described to me because I I think the shti- this is where I agree with the Manhattan Art Review is like I think the shtick itself is a little old. Like you need to you need to innovate on your own thing. Yeah, that's what makes a great artist great. And like as she gets farther and farther into her mid career, I'm kind of wondering like is you is your celebrity or not celebrity is your integrity going to fade a little bit as you make this into more and more of a cartoon of yourself that's why rather than figuring out what's the next step in your thing well that's why it's i think David's everybody's Warner or hungry for that like there would be you know if they were bigger if there was even if they weren't whatever if there's something a little bit more honed she wouldn't be a pencil still that maybe especially if wade gotten is that fucking Matthew no, I think you could go the other way, though, which is to say if it was even lazier and just bigger, it would be a Gagosian by now. Of course, and yeah. I, But I give her a lot of credit for, like, sticking with more or less her same size and sticking with, e- even though I was against this on the last episode, sticking with more or less, like, her themes and stuff. I think that's okay, but I do, I do think she needs to figure out an evolution to this process in yeah. a way that she has not. And I think a lot, I think a lot of really good, promising young-ish artists always fall into this trap. And by young-ish, I mean, like, under 50. 50-year-olds, yeah. Like, uh, and then into their 50s and 60s. Like, you know, I always appreciate the canonical artists that I like because usually their life falls into, like, three distinct periods. There's early, middle, and late work. And I want contemporary artists that are starting to achieve the status of that kind of greatness where it's like, Okay, you should be deep in your middle period right now, but this still looks like 2010. Why? That shouldn't be happening anymore. You should have evolved this into something that, yes, you can ride out for a, a decade or two until you get to your, like, late period. But, like, why isn't this changing? Yeah. It's because you got rich when you were young. Like, I and I think that's different than, say, Jasper Johns getting rich in the 1950s. I think that level of rich was different. I think that society was different. But also his middle period was maligned forever. I think his mo- middle period was a lo- maligned for a long time, but at least it was recognizable. When he started doing the crosshatch things and then he started doing Those the really fuckers, shitty things yeah. in the 90s that people hate but that I now love, the, yeah, like, eyeballs and stuff, yeah. like... Yes, people hated it at the time forever until he was 100 years old. And then they were like, actually, wait a minute. This is not that bad. Charlene Van Heil, though, it's just bleeding together. This is not. There's no distinct. There's no distinction here because you're not being distinctive. And I think it's because you're you have an inflated lifestyle that kind of depends on just doing your shtick. And I think that happens to a lot of people. And I think that kind of sucks. I think Christopher Wool's the same way. Well, like how, feather. however you feel about his like you know uh, inability Where to is he show again? Arti- I don't even know. Maybe Gagosian, probably Gagosian. Uh, however you feel about his inability to like articulate himself, I- IRL, uh, his paintings haven't changed at all, ever. Uh, but at yeah. least he did the thing of going from like text and stencils to the crazy spray things. It's like you can think either of those things is bad, but he did kind of achieve. He's this like, transition. fine, I'll do wallpaper. I don't give or a fuck. Something. Yeah. Just do something else. Yeah. Well. It doesn't have to be wildly different, but I'd like to see some change. That's all. And it's ironic that the person that's known for I don't have a style and I do change can't really do that. That's a trap. That's a, that's always a trap, though. Like I I don't have a style becomes a style when you can finesse it repeatedly 
But it would demonstrate your mastery to figure out how to not fall into that. Well, how to not fall into your own like uh, ironic corner you've backed yourself into. Again, don't don't be part of your own regime. Right. Mm. Mm. Um. All right. That's enough. If that's we want to do an after show, we got to move yeah, on. Yeah. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs>